Good day and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece here with Samantha Tradilia. Samantha, how are you? Gosh, you know what, Fleece? I'm doing really good. I'm glad to be here with you. And your hair looks as great as mine does. Okay? My, I have I have like later in the week hair earlier in the week, which is not really a good it's that's that's the canary in the coal mine for the rest of the week, I think, but it's okay. I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with it. Love um, it. Okay, here is my shocking statistic for you today. San Rafael, yeah, the largest city by population in the county of Marin, where you and I both sit and reside currently, has never had a female mayor until Mayor Kate Collin was elected. And I would like to be the first, one of the first, to welcome San Rafael out of the Victorian ages <laughs> and um, into the modern day women should rule the world life that we live. Um, and I'm super excited that Mayor Kate is here with us today. Mayor Kate, welcome. Thank you. Uh, honestly, how her. did that happen? How? And, I, and just like, before we start chatting, Mayor Kate's hair is better than both of us combined. So she's get, she's got appropriate hair for the appropriate day. <laughs> she's ready for it. But no, really, how in the heck did 147 years go by and just now we've decided it's time to get happening here, San Rafael? Yeah, well, do we really think that's any different than what's happened in cities and towns across the United States, right? No, so but I, I just, I feel like yeah. I like to think that in Northern California, we're a little more progressive at, yeah. and open to um, the realities of yeah. women in the professional world. Yeah. It's just, it really, it really, it was really shocking to me. And it is shocking when I mention it to people. And to me, it's like, hmm, where are we progressive and where are we not progressive? And trust me, there's a lot we can talk about on that. And yeah, I have to tell you, I, in addition to being the first female mayor, I'm actually the fourth woman to even serve on the San Rafael City Council. Come on. I so so yeah, and I actually now serve with the fifth, sixth, and seventh. So yeah, you know, we're changing the ranks. But no, no, I I why do I think that is? I think, you know, the traditional way of government, the patriarchy, whatever term we want to use, was alive and well in San Rafael for a really long time. Thankfully, I think it's been well managed, in spite of the fact we haven't had women at the table. Um, I mean but, but you know, it, they they held it together until we got there. Together, but you know that the timing is right. You know, I, I think about this a lot. Like, why did this all come together now? And and just so you know, I started my term during the pandemic. I was on the yeah. council before then. Yeah, that was that was probably cool. <laughs> yeah. Here, let's make it easy for you and started during the pandemic. And you know, when I reflect back, I'm like, you know what? In some weird way, I'm like the right person at the right time because you know, and you were talking about convention. We were chatting a little bit earlier about convention, right? And I don't, it, right now, the time does not call for traditional leadership. And so for me, it's like, what do I bring to the table that's a little different from what's been here? Traditional um, leadership continues to show how it's failed us over the years. And, yeah. you know, it's same, same leadership yeah. gets the same results, which is yeah. shitty results. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and Stacey, you know, it, I think about this all the time. And so when I was elected, I thought, okay, who can I look at for a role model? Like local government. So I'm in local government, they're state and they're federal. And there are differences that we'll just talk to the, to the local. And I looked around and there are great women serving, but the type of leader that I wanted to be and the type is kind of how can government evolve? And I haven't seen it. So I, 
Um, kind of making it up as I go along. So now I've told everybody that. Um, but we all know your secret now. <laughs> no, but what, what I mean by that is that trying things and seeing how they land. So for example, you know, I, when I get really passionate about something, either great excitement, I talk really fast and I move my hands a lot. If something really lands emotionally, my voice shakes like crazy. And so instead of having that that other kind of hidden voice saying, oh, wow, you don't look like all the other people that sat in the office before you. Look, your voice is really shaky. Instead of like having that, it's like, you know what? I'm going to lean into that because I'm bringing something different to the table as a leader. And so there's a vulnerability part there. There's a, um, yeah, I'm going to wear my heart on my sleeve because I think that makes me, well, it's first of all who I am. And I actually think it's what we need right now. Right. And I think it's so interesting. My husband actually forwarded me an article in Inc. Magazine this morning and he it said that being a vulnerable leader is the kiss of death. And it, you know, and there was a time period oh, where no. being but I, I think the same way you do. I think being vulnerable yeah. and being a human is what can make you connect with people yeah. and get away from that top-down management and yeah. be more of this kind of, you know, we flow together. Um it's fascinating like what in the world would would make you want to be a mayor you know like <laughs> where did that come from and like what does what does the mayor do oh my gosh um yeah i have to say when the pandemic hit and i won the election i was like wow okay that's interesting timing because what i had thought and what i had in front of me uh were two different things be careful um, what you wish for i know totally careful <laughs> what you wish for and so you know it's interesting too because and i will get to your questions but when I won and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. I broke a ceiling there. The response I got from moms especially was amazing. And it was for both them as women, but it was for their daughters. And then I started to think about that more like, okay, it's for their daughters, but not just the daughters, for the sons too, right? So they can be like, okay, uh, you know, a local, woman, a local leader can be a woman. And so when I look back, like, how did I get here? A lot of community volunteering, going back to the mom thing, helping out at the school, doing things like that. Um, and I was reflecting that it's kind of funny because I don't get paid that much more. It was zero dollars then. We get a few more. <laughs> but I get to. So practice you're not having, doing it for the money. I'm yeah. not doing it for the money, and I get to practice having a thick skin. But you know, it's funny when I look back at my skill set. I'm like, wow, I kind of was stacking the skill sets over the years, unbeknownst to me. Um, but when I look back, I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I, I have what it takes right now in this moment. And to answer what a mayor does, um, there's always a little bit of confusion between local, state, and federal government, and we can unpack that more. It's, it's in the realm of politics, which is so interesting right now. Oh my God, I, yeah, yeah whew, super interesting. But in terms of the mayor, um, it's really the day-to-day -day operations of the city of San Rafael, where city of 65,000, we make policy. Um, having to do with everything from housing, infrastructure, police, fire, libraries, you know, the super sexy stuff, potholes, uh, trash cans. <laughs> I mean, I think you guys can see it. She just almost spit out her drink. But I'm telling you, like, you know, you'd be, you wouldn't be amazed at the number of emails I get around potholes and, and things like that. Um, but what's been really interesting, so we do all the infrastructure, right? And, and, and that is what, uh, in libraries, I think I mentioned libraries. But what I've really found recently especially over the past, really over the past couple of years, is in addition to all that, people want to talk about these big national issues. Yeah. And, and I'm not afraid to. I mean, we can sit here. I'm let's talk about racism in local policies. Let's talk about sexism. Let's talk about this. Um, it hasn't been talked about. And I know because I've gotten pushback from not my colleagues on the, on the San Rafael Council, but other electeds in Marin, and, and they don't want to be talking about these bigger issues at a local level. 
And that to me, why is, is that they just don't want to muddy the water or don't feel like they want to be, you know, have any, any, any version of an opinion. I don't know. It's, it's saying that we shouldn't, I, I have a direct quote. Um, I have a really interesting story and the quote that came out and I can give you the context was we shouldn't discuss national politics locally. I'm like, what? But what? Why? what? And it was because um, I there was this uh, council that comes together and it's all the elected officials. And I was the president of it back in 2017. Um, and Marin County um, has the uh, the true facts of being the most racially disparate county in California. And we know that because it came out through a report called Race Counts. And I was president of this council. So I thought, wow, we're the most racially disparate. We should talk about it, all you elected officials. So a great way to do it is to talk uh, talk about it through housing policy. And there's this fantastic book called um, The Color of Law. So I'm like, let's do a one book book club. Okay, elected officials, you can read one book. I even like told them which chapters to read, right? So it wasn't even like that big of a lift. I got some serious pushback. Was there I, a Cliff Notes version for them or no? Was that available? It wasn't even the Cliff Notes. <laughs> what it was is an unwillingness to talk about how race is manifested in our housing policies. And I, and that just blew my mind. And so what I so what I realized is in having these conversations, I have found my the, the other uh, folks who are interested, there are elected officials, thankfully, Marin, who want to have that conversation and we're having it um, and getting that support, but there are plenty who don't. And so to me, and, and I understand the, the pitfalls, right? It's like, wow, Kate, why would you go stir up that hornet's nest? Let's just stick to the potholes, the police and the library. Right. So it's you know, interesting is you you see a difference. I mean, you've had a ton of, of experience in many different facets within the county. And, you know, we've met with other guests that work in the nonprofit sector, as we do. And so it's, you know, we see the other part of Marin that a lot of people don't see. And it's very much a part that people don't want to talk about. Right. Or or it's, you know, not in our it's not in our world. It's, you know, down the street or it's this or it's that. And I don't know. You know, if we're not if we're not thinking about a national level conversation, because guess what, guys, nations are made up of small towns, right? That's Absolutely. that's what it is. And Absolutely. I think we all need to be okay and getting uncomfortable and having these conversations. Oh my gosh, Samantha! I, I, yes, I couldn't have said it better myself. And if we we have to practice, we have to learn how to have these tough conversations locally, and we need to do it in a respectful way, which. I've been on the receiving end of a lot of not that, which is, it's fine. You know, again, people haven't, they don't know how to talk about these tough things. It makes them uncomfortable to your point. Right. And we have to figure out how to talk about it and how to put it forward. And for me, I found um, really leaning into values and talking a lot about values. So I can sit here and talk about whiteness. I'm a white woman. I can talk about whiteness. And as soon as I say that, or if I talk about white supremacy, they're going to be people that are like, Oh my God. Okay. Dee, dee, dee. And, and now I've lost them. Right. They, they don't even want to engage. I'm saying words that are really scary. What's Kate going to ask of me. But if I start talking about values, compassion, kindness, inclusion, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, Kate, I can talk to you about that. Okay. How does that manifest in our policy? So, um, when I said earlier that I'm making up as I, as I go along, what I'm making up is how do we have these conversations that we need to have? And, yeah. and you're right. If we can't have them here, you know, as I, I, I actually had, when I see Congressman Huffman, who's our local congressman, he's a great guy, lives in San Rafael, and I tease him, but I'm actually not really teasing, that to me, <laughs> democracy, democracy totally rests on the success of local government. Like, I truly believe that. Because it's where we build the trust. It's where we have the conversation, you know, because you look at what's happening on the national level, you're like, oh, my God. 
<laughs> What's frightening. And when you do look at the national level and you look at how nothing, nothing gets done, right? Everyone's just throwing stones at each other and yelling and screaming and fighting. Yeah. And then, and then they're on freaking vacation. I love how much vacation Congress takes just throwing it out there. We need to get on that schedule as a, as a nation, everybody. Yes. yes. Um, but it's, it is, it's just, it's so frustrating as a person who, you know, isn't involved at a level like you knowing the people that are moving the needle and doing the work and yeah. trying to do good stuff and the resistance and the nonsense that you get. Yeah. It's tough. Well, certainly, certainly from the outside, it seems mm -hmm. like, um, it seems like public service, uh, gets a bad rap. And uh, honestly, I think sometimes it deserves it because you look mm -hmm. at, like Samantha said, like, like trying to get something done has become such a exercise in futility when it comes to government and public service. And it, it feels like to get a freaking pothole filled, you yeah. have to get 46 signatures. And then that, that 45th one can't sign because somebody didn't order the box of blue pens that you can go to Staples and get for $3. But instead we order it here and spend $46 because this guy's got the government contract. And it just, it seems so utterly ridiculous. So, yeah. uh, yeah, a, am, am I wrong? And B, if, if I'm right, like, how did you even get the balls to go? Yeah. Let me go into public service. That looks fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of crazy. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And we can, we can unpack that. I do say, I loved your example. And I would say, I don't think that applies as much to local government. I think at the federal level where there's not as much maybe oversight. I mean, I really know where almost every penny goes. I mean, all and not just San Rafael, but all the cities and towns in the U.S., especially coming out of the pandemic, are really uh, tightening their belts, as it were, from a budget perspective. And, you know, for our potholes, I have to say, you're going to laugh, but I'm really proud of it. When people have a problem pothole, I'm like, go to the website, fill out a form, and what do you know? Someone actually comes out from San Rafael in the next couple of days. I got to tell you, our, our streets are actually in great shape. Yeah. The no. infrastructure is solid. But, but you know what? But what you said is really important because there's this lack of trust or like, God, why can't anything get done at this national level? Which I agree, we, we could sit here and talk about all the different examples there. But we come locally, it's like, wow, actually look at these are the things we're doing. And everything from infrastructure, but really like, okay, so potholes, it's very physical. You can get at it, you know, beginning, middle, end. So if we're starting to talk about the tough stuff that we're talking about, let's say racism and sexism, there's not a beginning, middle and end to that conversation. So I think locally, um, how do you get local officials to engage in that, knowing that there isn't just a, a solve, as it were, yeah. right? And, and you know, for me, and I, again, there's a lot of reflection I've had over the last year and a half, like, wow, how come I can actually sleep at night? Um, not every night, but sleep <laughs> at night. The world's kind of crazy. Um, and, and I realize that I am, I am okay with living in uh, kind of the gray area or the unknown and that, yeah, I'm going to do my darndest to have the solution that we want and to get where we want to go. But I actually know that we, I know that we live in a really messy world. Democracy is messy. Life is messy. Things don't go as planned. And so um, knowing that, and, and it's not that I'm not hope, how, not hopeful, because I am hopeful I'm, and I'm super optimistic, but when it goes sideways, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that went sideways. And then I just kind of laugh and like get going again. But um but I will, yeah, there's a little bit of crazy. I mean, I'll, I'll tell stories about interactions that I have and my family just, they laugh. I mean, they're like, yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. I, but I, I wonder like that. too, like how you have, you have to have a thick skin because yeah. you're never going to make everybody happy. And if you say we're going to go right, everyone's like, well, 
I want to go left and up and down and every yeah. other way. You know, one of those yeah. things I think that's very special about women is we are very adaptable to our environments, but also you are a human being and you are a woman and you have feelings and, you know, the hard part of your job is I, I, I mean, I can only assume that it would be like your feelings do maybe get hurt sometimes. And how do you like manage that? I mean, or, or does it not anymore? And you're just like, bring it on guys. Bring it on. Part of that, I, I think stuff used to land differently. hundred percent. You're right. When I first got into public service, so I was, I was on the council in 2013 and then um, became mayor in 2020. So I had seven years of training wheels before I really got, you know, front and center and definitely, and it's not so much my feelings for it, but when things land, like you're kind of like, wow, this person's talking all of a sudden my heart's beating really fast and I'm sweating, you know, like, like, it's a common. So, so I've really learned like, okay, when that happens now, I'm like, okay, it's either that I don't agree and I'm getting angry, that is my anger feeling, or I'm really passionate about it. Um, and I just, you know, I'm a lot kinder to myself about that kind of stuff. So I have a, I have a, a very relevant example and, and I've gotten a lot better. I've done so much public speaking. I mean, so many times I can't tell you that I'll go to an event and I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, this is so great. What a lovely event. And they'll be like, oh, and Mayor Kate's here. She's going to get up and say a few words. And I'm like, oh shit. You know, I walk up to the podium, like thinking of what I'm going to say, but, um, Oh my God. Now I totally lost my thought because I dropped the S word. <laughs> no, no. no, I would I just asked about your thick skin and like how you, how you get it and yes. where, you know, that yeah. part of it, because right. I know like I'm in, I'm in the public yeah. space and I know when people say shitty things, yes. I'll say it too. It yes. hurts my feelings. And I'm like, yeah. is that what you think of me? But yeah. you know, it's easy to throw shade. Yeah. So I guess it was, yeah. So thank you for that. Now it's all come back to me. Um, so it's a thick skin, but it's really um, being aware as to why it's landing. So this is what the, the, what I was going to share. So at a recent council meeting, we can all go back and look at it because everything I say now in council is recorded and digested and can be taken out of context. And I start the meetings with um, mayor's remarks, really to put the work that we're doing locally into the larger context. Like we have these horrific, awful, hard, monumental things going on in the world. And to start our, oh, no, now we're going to talk about and kind of fill in, you know, whatever it is in San Rafael and not be talking about the war in Ukraine. So it felt really out of sync to me. So recently my comments had to do with it. And I should have known, I just should have known it was going to be hard to get through these without total shaky voice. It was right after the SCOTUS um, decision around Roe v. Wade. And I wanted to make a statement about women's reproductive freedom. And we had just uh, finished doing, I helped organize a gun buyback here in Marin County. And there was yet, you know, the 350th mass shooting since the beginning of the year. And I wanted to both acknowledge that we'd done the gun buyback and acknowledge yet another shooting. And literally I started on it and it was, my voice was so shaky. And it's not that I, it's not that my, I, I never want to, I'm never going to burst into tears. It's not that type of emotion, but I feel it so innately in my body. But you know what I found? Is that when I, my voice is shaking like crazy and I'm probably sweating, people lean in because they're like, oh, oh wait, is she okay? She's about to say, well, it's not, it's Kate. She's going to say something. I want to hear it. Wow. This is gone. <laughs> what like is she going to say? And I, so I look around the chambers. We're now in person and people are like literally leaning in and they're all really quiet. So you could perfectly hear my super shaky voice, but I got through it. And to me, it was more important that I say that. And, and for me, I really lean into the, I, I'm not gonna be perfect. I would love to be perfect. I'm never gonna be perfect. Oh my God, I'm never gonna be perfect, but I can be brave. I can be brave in that moment. And um, there's a great book by Reshna Shujani that talks about that brave, not perfect, 
perfect. But I don't you think too, it's super hard not to interrupt, but just like we've <laughs> talked about this a few times too, is like the cancel culture. Like if you say the wrong thing or make, make a, you know, assumption or something like how your words, like you just said, get taken out of context in such a way that it's like, sometimes it's hard, you know? It is hard. And I, and, and that is part of the thing that I'm making up as I go along. Cause I, I always want to be authentic and who, to, to who I am and to my values. So if I'm always speaking to my values and it's less likely that I will say something that um, that's totally off base. Um, but yeah, no, we are we are careful. That's why when I dropped the S bomb, I totally lost my train of thought because usually when I'm on Zoom, I'm like, don't swear. And then I swear, uh, like, oh my God. We we started it. So <laughs> we, yeah, we're um, we're definitely speaking of CODIS, uh, SCOTUS, first of all, I want to congratulate Kansas on their vote. Uh, to Thank protect the abortion right and the you yeah. know the first the first state vote in the country and coming from a state that you weren't sure how it was going to go and the yeah. fact that it went the way it did so dramatically this has nothing to do with this conversation I just feel like we need to we need to put it out there um, you know it's interesting though you talk about being authentic and you talk about the shaky voice and and you know when I get emotional when I'm speaking I will sometimes I definitely get shaky voice and I will tear up. And I, you're right, it's because we feel it so deeply. We feel the emotions so innately of what we're speaking about. Um, as a woman in a, in a power position, in a lead, leader position, uh, do you feel like people look at that as a weakness still for women in that kind of leadership role? Probably, but those people, you know, I don't care what they think. I mean, the people that I respect... <laughs> <laughs> the people that are that, that I respect are actually always like, wow, that was really powerful what you just said. I can see it meant a lot to you. And, you know, honestly, Cece, I think that that is, for me, it's really walking away from that prescribed idea of what a leader looks like. Yeah. But you know what? I, I'm never going to get rid of that emotion. That is who I am. And, and I, I you shouldn't have beginning. to, though. That's the thing is you can be that leader with the emotion and with the authenticity. Um and it's it, like it people need to remember that that is that that makes as good of a leader as anybody else it's it's not weakness it's caring it's it's yeah. deeply compassion. feeling yeah. compassion and 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 um emotion over what you're talking about yeah, yeah. we all want leaders that are that deeply connected absolutely and i really think it's changed the pandemic has changed i mean obviously in so many different ways that's an entire other podcast to be talking about the impact of the the pandemic but i do think that people um people have suffered and all everyone has suffered to, to in different degrees but everyone has suffered and i think there's a commensurate kind of compassion that's come out and kindness so now when i go to neighborhoods and i'll talk about kindness and i will say and i have to tell you i have i don't see the local level yet leaders saying things like wow you know there's one thing I really am proud of San Rafael is that our community is leaning into being kind. Okay, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but by putting that vision out there, it's actually saying, okay, and I will look around the room and people are nodding their heads, right? Because we want that. We don't want that like cut and dried, non-emotional talking head. Do well, it. I, I think know. people have forgotten, that. people forgot about that pre-pandemic. And then the pandemic, wow. you were, you know, sitting home thinking about all up in your feelings for 18 months. Yes. Kind of yes. redefined who you were and like yes. the core values of human beingness. And now as you re-enter out there, I think it's wow. a nice reminder that you're bringing it to the forefront that like, hey, you know, being a kind person, doing good stuff, you know, giving back to your community, 
that's what it's all about. And I wish that more people would subscribe to that show because <laughs> the world would be so much better. But I think that's how we show up in the conversations, right? I mean, even with our friends or, you know, with the community, it's saying, yeah, hey, we might not always agree. We might have, a, we might be really vehemently uh, opposed on, on an issue, but you know what, we can at least be kind. And it's funny, I, I, I'd use the word respectful as well, but right now kindness and compassion is like coming to the top. It's like, if you can just figure that one out. Um, and, and I think it is resonating with people. I, I'm trying to see if I've seen the change yet. Um, there will always be the super just, oh my God, the nasty emails. It's too bad I didn't pull any up to read to you. You guys would be shocked. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say to people? I'm like, didn't you learn that you write it and you wait at least an hour, preferably the next day before you send yeah. it? It's amazing to me what people write to me. I'm like, oh my god! It's and because they feel tough on the on the keyboard, right? Because they wouldn't say it to your face, but because they're behind a screen and there's that disassociation. But again, it goes back to like you're a human being on the other side, and you're reading that, going, "Huh, thank you, thank you." Right? Get out here, why don't you volunteer your time to do something? Yeah. It's always those that bitch the most that do the least, you know. There is a, I have found, so again, I'm trying new things and I'm open to any tactics that you have found that works in your own life. Because I think the human thing is really important because what it took me a while to realize, and you talked about, do my feelings ever get hurt? What I realized was people are writing those emails to the mayor. They're not writing them to Kate, right? Yes. They don't know me as a person. So I can respond back and say, wow, the passion that you feel about this issue really came through in your email. So if anyone listening got one of those, it means that your email was a little bit hostile. That's a powerful differentiator, though. That's a that's a powerful wall to put between and compartmentalizing those two. Because I think, I know for me, I have a hard time if I, if I get you know a negative email or a negative phone call or in in my personal life, in my work life, in my philanthropy life. It, 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 my immediate reaction is straight to the personal, right? Like it yeah. goes straight to my heart, but that's a, that's a good way to approach it. It's not necessarily directed at me. It's directed at this situation no. or, or directed to me because of this role, not because of me, the person. Exactly. It would land really differently if it was one of my colleagues that said something, right? And luckily I have great colleagues and the staff is great. So that, ne that never, like knock on wood, never happened. But it's, it, it, I'm like, these people don't even know me. Or they'll say, you know, they'll make accusations of things I'm doing or not doing. I'm like, they have no idea. And so then how is, how is the making play? stuff up? I send a lot of links to people. <laughs> so if you're going to email lots of links, that also means that maybe you were a little off base in your, what you were saying. No, I think, I think that it's getting that connection back to being a human being. And, and it's nice to see that you're getting those, you know, for anyone that's sending those emails, whether long worded or not, like, you're seeing them, you're reading them, you're vested, you're definitely engaged in the community. And I think that is something that I don't know that all the mayors are out there doing, you know, the, here's a question I have. So Marin County has all these different uh, townships mm -hmm. do all, and I don't know if many other counties in America are set up the way where we all, there's so many different towns within a county, you know, like San Francisco is just San Francisco. Um, and I almost feel like, I don't know if I want to say com competition, but I do know that there's, you know, money that gets funded to certain mm -hmm. areas. It's different than other areas and the taxes and all that, you know, is Marin unique in that sense or are all 
counties across America, mostly like how we are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I can't speak to what all the counties are like um, across the nation, but I can tell you that, what, what are we, 200 square miles? We're not that big and we have 11 cities and towns plus a county. Yeah. And I think it has to do with um, being an older, I mean, I don't mean older as in having older people, but, but but being old communities, you know, as we talked about, San Rafael was incorporated in the 1800s, so were the other ones. And I, I mean, to your point, I don't, if I have that magic wand, I don't think it does as, I don't think it serves us well, right? Because you have really tiny townships that have 2000 people, which is yeah. small. I mean, our districts, we're now in districts are 14,000. Most of the cities in Marin County are smaller than one of my districts. Yeah, they are. So, you know, and, and, and what I'll say on that is, as opposed to me getting frustrated and talking about the competing of the funds, because yes, yes and yes. Yeah. What I try to do is to call people in and to call the different cities and towns in like, you know, boy, we could have another two hour podcast on homelessness, but talking about that issue, it might be manifesting in San Rafael, but how do we all come to the table to help solve? Because the folks that are on the streets in San Rafael, let me tell you, they were born in surrounding jurisdictions. They yeah. were. And so that's the way that I've been approaching it because I'd love to change the structure, but it's not going to change. So how do I bring them in and have them thinking beyond their own little borders? Literally. But it's a conversation and it's, it's like, I, I have, started to pay a little bit more attention to local government over the years. And I've always wondered, like, why are we set up this way? If, if yeah. we don't have money in different areas, like others do. And I would think that as a county, yeah, maybe Mayor Kate, this could be, <laughs> this could be first <laughs> woman to change it all. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't know. I would love that. But when you start to even give the idea that you're removing oh, something, we consolidate. Oh my gosh, people come out the the the, yeah, the no. good work. And, yeah. and but but you know, again, I think I but you know what I think we're onto something. I think government's evolving just because of the resource constraints that we have across it the has country. to. It has to. So I'm hoping um, you know, we do our shared services with some of the other surrounding jurisdictions. So I'm hoping that we start to move there, you know. I agree. Because we operate as as Marin County, like everybody loves to say Marin County, but then really you're from Novato, San Rafael, Mill Valley, Larkspur, Corte Madera. It's, it's, it's wild. Mary-Kate, you are my hero of the week. I have learned many things and I loved the takeaway for me is that it's not about me that you're sending this document to. It's about the, you're sending it to the role, not to the individual. That I think is something that I will take from you and remember forever. <laughs> Everybody out there, if you're thinking about getting involved in local government, learning more, we can get you linked up to Mayor Kate. She is a abundance of knowledge. Uh, we'll post some links to her and uh, everybody get out there this week and be inspired.